Well, welcome once again. This is uh, John Murtha coming to you from 89.1 FM radio, Lorain, Ohio, uh, WNZN radio. And again, thank you for tuning in on this beautiful early autumn day. And I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Aboot. David John, hey, great to be here today with you, as always. And uh, great to have everybody listening in. Now, if you're having problem picking us up on the radio, like I said, 89.1 FM radio, you can live stream us off your computer. Simply go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And so last week we had a great guest, David, with yes. uh, Iman. That was awesome. Yeah. An evangelist, a, a musician, mm -hmm. a gifted musician from Lebanon, now living in Cleveland, Ohio. But he, he goes back into those countries, both, you know, literally travels there. But he has TV station that goes all through the Middle East. So that was a great yeah. uh, interview. And I hope to maybe have him on in the first of the year to see how he's doing yeah, with that Yeah, I would ministry. like to do that. But today we have, a, I think, a very interesting topic, subject to discuss. It's through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And that is the whole topic of miracles. Mm -hmm. That the God of the Bible is a God of miracles. He's, he's revealing himself, and we're going to see in a moment, one of the way he reveals or confirms who he is, who his messengers are, why the message is true, is through the usage of miracles. Mm -hmm. And... We can see a miracle right from the beginning. I mean, when it says that God spoke the worlds into existence, <laughs> nature itself, uh, nature itself is a miracle. We're going to look at that later, but uh, we're going to look more specifically at miracles that Jesus did. But nature is indeed a miracle. Matter of fact, it was Augustus that said the daily miracle of God has grown cheap by repetition. In other words, we get up every morning, <laughs> we see the sun rise, we Isn't see the leaves turning colors, yeah. snow's going to be coming. Because it, it's, it's so every day, we don't think that, wow, this is a miracle. Somebody said if the sun would just come up once every six months, we'd have, we've had lawn chairs down by Lake Erie looking yeah. at the sun coming up in a given way. But that, that's one type of miracle we're going to look at. But more specifically, the whole thing with a miracle, and I'm just going to give a working definition, David, and then we'll get into some of the research right. you've done. Uh -huh. Miracles, one of the essential things is they, they're to authenticate authenticate God's message and his messenger by uh, overriding the basic laws of nature. We might call it supernatural. And this could be in the form of a healing, yeah. uh, walking on water, dividing waters, miracle of loaves and fishes, something that's totally out of the normal that's going to catch people's awareness, actually cause them to be amazed or marvel because they've never seen this before. But the sole purpose is not just to do it to surprise people, to amaze people, to cause people to wonder. But it's basically to confirm God's message and his yeah. messenger. And so as we yeah. delve into this, and we're going to look particularly at uh, the New Testament with the miracles of Jesus. But then in another show, maybe we'll get to a little bit, is the Old Testament and the miracles mm -hmm. that uh, Moses did. Mm. You see, when you look at the uh, miracles in the scripture, uh, you'll see what's called clusters. There's a huge cluster of miracles around Moses and Aaron. When they go back into Egypt, they're doing these ten plagues. Right. Yeah. Even they put down the, 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 the rod and yeah. it's turned into a thing. And then the other big cluster you'll see is with Elijah and Elisha. They're raising somebody from mm. the dead. They're mm -hmm. doing provision, the cruise of oil. 
all these kind of things. And then, of course, the big one that we're going to focus on today is Jesus and the apostles. Yeah. So you see these three. Now, interspersed in those periods, there, there could be miracles with a prophet like Daniel in the... Um, uh, when he's putting the lion's den yeah. or different, but they're not in multiplicity. They're not like as numerous as those three main events or episodes that usually last about 50 years. Moses and Aaron, Elijah and Elisha, and then of course, Jesus and the apostles. So let's mm -hmm. get right into it, David. Sure. I know you did a lot of research on Jesus and the apostles. Maybe you can just tee it up a little for us. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, I, there's a couple that I really like. One is um, the feeding of the 5,000, God is faithful in providing for his children. Okay, let's um, look at yeah, that. Yeah, okay. so that is in uh, Matthew 14, 18 through 21. Okay. Uh, so then he said, bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up the fragments left over, 12 wicker baskets. Those who ate were about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So they didn't even count the women and children. So, yeah, yeah. a big point of interest on what the miracle you just read about, this is the one miracle that's in all four of the Gospels. Yes. There's no uh -huh. other miracle. This is what we call a miracle of provision. Um that uh, Jesus is showing uh, how he can provide miraculously. Right. But a couple of interesting things you just read. Number one is um, if you notice the crowd, first he taught them spiritual truth. Uh -huh. And now he's going to feed them physical food. Right. I think we have to bear in mind that both are necessities in today's world. We want to meet the physical needs of people, but we must never uh, forget the spiritual needs yes. that people have. And somebody has well said that if tomorrow everybody in the world was well fed, uh, well clothed, well housed, and taken care of medically, there would still be a need to preach the gospel yeah. because we are still sinners in need of a Savior. Yeah, the, it, it, and, and I like what you said there. Even when we had uh, Iman in last week, um, when he told his story, I think the key he said was the addictions and how he got off them. And he said, you know, when the Holy Spirit came into him, when he asked for forgiveness, he said he never looked back. You know, it was just he felt so um, so fulfilled, and it every aspect of his needs, physical, emotional, and spiritual, were met exactly. with his new walk. And that's that's really what I think this miracle is all about: is Jesus fed them physically, you said, and then you know emotionally um, and spiritually, he also feeds us. So it's everything we need. Yeah, and you and, can see that in this miracle. Theory. And another thing we're going to see is often. There'll be a teaching of the Word of God that's followed mm -hmm. by a miracle. Now, we know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so, um, Jesus says, in looking at John chapter 5 about this miracle, he says to Philip, um, where shall we buy the bread that they might eat? So, he kind of sets this up. Yeah. Like, like they got, he says, well... <laughs> Look, we, we've got 200 denarii worth of bread. That's, that's, what we, that's our supply, okay? That's what we bring to the table. And then, uh, then Andrew says, look, there's a little boy here, and he's got five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they with so many? So there's an old saying, little is much when God is in it. It might be a small thing, but if God blesses it, but then notice he sends, if you, in other words, you look at the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, yeah. Luke, and John, and see how this 
they all give a little bit different angle. But he says, make the people to sit down in the green grass. It says grass. There's much grass in this area. And they sat down, and they're going to be in clumps of 50 or 100. You'll study this in Matthew and Luke. Yeah. Well, why does he do that? Because if you have real hungry people, especially men that are hungry, and you start distributing food, who's going to be the first to get it? Yeah, the, the strongest. The strongest. Right? Yeah, right. But this is done very We yeah. serve a God of order mm -hmm. and in terms of distribution. But by 50 and 100, it's very easy to count. Right. So 5, 10, 20 years later, they're not going to say, oh, there wasn't 5,000 or there was 20,000. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's easy to count multiples when they're right. clumped together. But the other thing what I like is when you think of the Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So they're all sitting on grass like little flocks of sheep. Mm -hmm. Jesus is standing as he lifts up the blesses the bread and the fish mm -hmm. he's like the good shepherd yeah. feeding the flock that's right all the way out there that's right and notice mm -hmm. if you will he gathers up all the fragments that tell you that god is not wasteful no. you know he doesn't just throw it away mm -hmm. but he uses his apostles to distribute the bread which means they have a reward because there's 12 basketfuls i don't know how much the little boy got but i think he probably <laughs> got a pretty good return on investment <laughs> But there's reward for faithful service. <laughs> yeah. We are called today to distribute the bread of life yes. as we share the gospel That's wherever right. we go. Yep. And then as a result of this, the people were all filled. We serve a God of abundance. We always see this in the miracles. When he makes the water into wine, it's the best wine. When he tells the fishermen who didn't catch anything all night, put your nets on the other side, mm -hmm. the nets were breaking. You see, mm -hmm. we serve this God yeah. of abundance, yeah. you know. And then it finally says this in John chapter 6, verse 14. And those men, when he had seen the sign that Jesus did, this is truly the prophet who was to come into the world. Yeah. And what prophet are they talking about? Moses. Because why? Back in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, God said to Moses, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you. The people must listen to that prophet or they will be judged or cut yes. off. And they were always looking for what was called that prophet. Right. They even asked John the Baptist, are you that prophet? Are you Elijah? Are you the Christ? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Why did they say, when they saw this happen, why did they identify Jesus with that prophet Moses? What was one of the most famous miracles of Moses? Oh, the, the manna? Feeding yeah, the people in right, the wilderness right. with bread come down. Right. It's just manna, a, right when we study the Old yeah. Testament miracles, we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. But here they see that, yeah. and they go, this is it. I mean, it was spectacular, yeah. really, when you consider this. Can you this. imagine? 5,000 women yeah. and children. I don't know. Maybe we're up to 10,000. No kidding. And he's feeding them to the full. You know, they're, they're all... With plenty know, left over. Plenty left over. But notice what he does after this in chapter 5 and in uh, chapter 6. He of gives what? them... Uh, John. Okay. He talks to them that he is the true bread come down from heaven. Yes. Now he gets into this whole discussion uh, he did the physical, I provide, mm -hmm. how I provide for your yeah. natural hunger. Now he's going to talk about he is the true bread that fills spiritual hunger. Yeah, and that's so where he does get to the spiritual exactly side. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's a good one to lead off with, David. Yeah, I think oh, it's a, a great important. one. But, you know, it's also interesting that the disciples of Christ wanted to send the people away when evening came because they were in a place that was really far from towns. And they knew people were going to be hungry, but... 
that they had they had no clue that that crisis was able to to do this oh, yeah. so you talk about uh their faith grown too with this event it wasn't just the people that were there that witnessed it so one of the to that point one of the reasons jesus does miracles again i mean he's meeting a practical need here yeah but it will say like in um in john uh the gospel of john that is uh, chapter 2 verse 23 um this is after he does the miracle of turning the water to wine uh-huh. it says now when he was in jerusalem at the passover during the feast many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did yeah so they 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 cause you to wonder or to be curious or amazed but it authenticates the message and the messenger right this will be the same thing when nicodemus comes to jesus in the next chapter which is um chapter three and he comes to jesus at night and he says something very interesting when he says um verse two of this is john chapter three verse two he came to jesus at night and said rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from god for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Do you see that? Yeah. This, he heard about him. He saw these right. signs. And so Jesus right. just doesn't do it for any old reason. But this authenticates, it validates who he is. Right. So now a lot of this has been prophesied that when the Messiah comes, he would be able to do these miracles. Yes. And they're stupendous. I mean, oh when you gosh. And they're not. One thing when we study the miracles of Moses back in the book of Exodus, uh-huh. they're mostly judgmental. Right. The waters turn to blood, flies, lice come down, there's a cattle disease, and ultimately mm-hmm. the firstborn mm-hmm. is killed, Pharaoh's. Right. First. But the, the ones of Jesus tend to be healing, they tend to be provision, a power over nature, the ability to cast out demons, mm-hmm. to raise the dead. It just, just multiple, multiple, multiple to authenticate uh, who he is. Now on this same theme, about how it authenticates who Jesus is and John um, doesn't mean that everybody is going to believe. No. If you look at John chapter 4 and verse 48, uh, they cannot become dependent on them. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I got it. Verse 48. Uh, uh-huh. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. See, even though, in other words, they're, they're not clinging to his word. No. Miracles attract, yeah. uh, but the word of God keeps. Right. Then that's why when people were leaving him mm-hmm. in John chapter 6, it says uh, he was no longer doing the miracle of the bread. You know, they lay, hey, they, we like this. He's right. doing. But then he turns to Peter and he says, Peter, will you also leave me? And Peter says, where will we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So as yeah. powerful as miracles are, it's the Word of God. Yeah. And that's why, even today, people want to see miracles. They want to see things happen. But the critical issue, are they, are they going to stay with the Lord? Do they believe His Word is true, that we should read, study, and obey it? Or are we just attracted like, God's going to do a miracle. He helped me get a job. He did this. Yeah. He healed me. Don't, that's good. Don't, don't get me wrong. But yeah. Yeah. it's not the critical issue. Yeah, and but John, it's like anything else, you know, the more I think about what you just said, and as we look at the miracles, like coming of the storm at sea with uh, Christ and the apostles in the boat, um, we have to exercise our faith. It's almost, it was very hard for me when I first came to the Lord with you, trusting God. Yeah, right. That, you know, if something's not in front of me, 
whatever I was working on or whatever I was hoping to see in my life or with my family or with my kids or with my wife or with my business, it's sometimes you have to practice and exercise your faith for it to grow. Um, it's not it's not just an instantaneous thing. Even if you see a miracle, you go, wow, that's really interesting. But And so I think... I think as you get into this, uh, I think the message I just have from my little perspective um, is the fact that you have to exercise it. You have to trust in God more. Give him the ability to, to do a miracle in your right. life. Right. Just like having, you know, uh, feeding the 5,000 or calming of the sea or changing the water into wine at the wedding. Give him an opportunity to show you he is real. Yeah, and of course, many of the miracles in the in the ministry yeah. of Jesus required some participation. Yeah. Not all. They operated mm-hmm. in very different modes. But for example, in Luke chapter 5, when he is preaching from Simon's boat, remember he went offshore in this boat and he's preaching. Yeah. And then he says, uh, verse 3, this is in Luke chapter 5, uh-huh. then he, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. He right. sat down and taught the multitudes. From, see, first teaching the word of God. Yeah. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down. So he's requiring participation and re- obedience to the word, which which you said. You have to you know act on it. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So there again... You see this miracle of provision uh, just like that. Yeah, and and look at his demeanor, too. I know. It's not like slamming his fist on the boat, do what I say. No. It's, you know, it's his whole whole being that is attractive. Exactly. Uh, He's calm. He's direct. He's specific. He's gentle, but he's all-powerful with his miracles. And so that's the attraction, and that's really what, as Christians... You know, uh, I, I am trying desperately to even get a couple of his character traits, mm. and it's hard um, to do that on a regular basis. But I think that invites people in because you're so calm all the time, but you deliver on your word, you know? Right. Well, and, they were and, attracted and, and, to yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would have been attracted to him, any, anybody, mm-hmm. with just his demeanor. Yeah. And, and, the, and the stuff he did uh, was just unbelievable. So, again, just some of the things yeah. that Jesus did. I listed a couple. He heals the sick. He yeah. casts out demons. He stops the flow of blood. He heals a withered hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives sight to the blind. Mm-hmm. Gives hearing to the deaf. He deals with paralysis, leprosy, dropsy, fever. And he raises the dead. And he exercises power over nature, i.e. the storm. Yeah. Curses the fig tree. We just saw the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. He turns water into wine. Yep. I mean, he, you see it over nature, over yeah. demons, over death. And all of this was coming because it was prophesied. One of the things Jesus is coming as the Messiah. Well, anyone can say they're the Messiah because there was false messiahs back in those yes, centuries. Uh-huh. Even today you get false prophets. But Jesus authenticated who he was by what he did, by both what he did, uh, what he said, and he fulfillment of prophecy. This is what he'll say about the coming miracles in Isaiah uh, chapter 35. And it's a very important because he's going to relate when he deals with John. It says, um, when the Lord comes, okay, Isaiah chapter 35, mm-hmm. 
I don't know if you have it there, yep. but if you go from verse 3 um, through 6. Yes, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. See that? Real practical right. what's coming. And this <laughs> idea of water shall burst. That's a Hebrew poetry that there's a, is a, is a, like a revival. But it's very specific. The lame will walk, the blind yeah. will see. And, of course, that happens when the Messiah. Matter of fact, Jesus opens his ministry and sets up this whole thing for miracles. In Isaiah 61, he reads this, this from the, the scrolls. Uh, Isaiah um, chapter 61, uh, verses 1 through 3. Uh, yeah. Isaiah 61, uh, 1 through 3, if you have. Yeah, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, wow. So all of those, he opens up his ministry by yeah, reading that very passage. Yeah. So when we discuss miracles in the New Testament, again, it's, he just doesn't <laughs> do them to do them. That's what the people really wanted. Like, uh, just show us something. Yeah. Show us like almost like a trick or right. something, you yeah. know, cause us to be yeah. amazed. Right. But he does them. He won't do them when people just want him to do right. one. You see what I'm saying? But he will do them. Matter of fact, he'll actually chastise them when he says, uh, this wicked and adulterous generation, there will no. We can look at this in Matthew chapter twelve. But he says, "You won't get a sign. I'm not going to do a miracle if you don't believe what I've told you already." And he quotes from this Matthew chapter twelve, um, verse thirty nine. Okay. Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty nine. Okay. He answered. A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. There you go. Yeah. And what was the sign of the prophet Jonah? He was three yeah. days. In, in the belly of a whale. He goes on yeah. to say that in verse 40. Yeah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. See that? Yeah. Even though there was... <laughs> that's the greatest that's, yeah. that's probably the greatest miracle of oh, all is the resurrection yeah, right somebody's dead three mm -hmm. days he comes back up mm -hmm. out and he's alive uh, but even when there was the resurrection even to this day with all the biblical proof of the resurrection historical you mm -hmm. go to Israel today there's the empty tomb at the mm -hmm. church of the holy sepulcher people do not believe now this is the important thing we stress here David is that Miracles are one thing. They're tremendous and they authenticate 
the person of Jesus Christ or the ministry of Moses in the Old Testament or Elijah and Elisha and Daniel. But it's the Word of God. If it, it leads them to the Word of God, if they don't believe the Word of God, it won't mean anything. And I'll show you what I mean by that. If you look at Luke chapter 16, to go on with you just read about Jonah, and this is where mm -hmm. the rich man is in hell. Yeah. Look at Hades. And he's pleading uh, that somebody go and warn his five brothers about this place, lest they also come there. And um, he says, if somebody would go uh, to them that was dead, um, then they would believe. Okay? He says that in verse 27, if you have that. He says, yep. okay. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father, Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. You see that? Yeah. One of the greatest miracles is a resurrection. Uh -huh. But if they don't believe the scripture, yeah. they can dismiss the resurrection. Sure. And it's happening today. Sure is. People don't even investigate. Like, well, you know, all Christianity is based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But they dismiss it. Yeah. And But but if I, you show me a miracle, if you can show me a big mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And the Bible says, look, if you don't believe the word of God, these miracles probably won't even convince you. That that's right. That, that yeah. is, but but they are so important because there's no other religious leader that does these no. miracles. Now somebody could say they're all false, they're all yeah. made up, they're all legendary, or indeed they're all true. Yeah. And, you know the thing I like about the coming of the storm at sea is uh, it Jesus just shows that he is in control of the universe. You know, regardless of what it is, nature. Uh, human bodies, um, raising people from the dead, converting water into wine, as you said. He's in control of everything. He is the creator of heaven and earth. Mark chapter yeah. 5. Yeah. It, uh, it, and, you know, and I like that one. It, maybe we can look at that one yeah. real quick. Do you mind? No. Matthew eight twenty three through 27. He got into a boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a violent storm came up on the sea so that the boat was being uh, swamped by waves, but he was asleep. They came and woke him, saying, mm -hmm. Lord, save us, we're perishing. He said to them, Why are you terrified, O you of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. The men were amazed and said, What sort of man is this whom even the winds and sea obey? Right. So, you know, I, I'm just thinking about my own life, and, you know, what really hits me the most is during life storms, you know, we all might find ourselves faltering or failing. And we become afraid, right? Yeah. And we look for earthly solutions instead of spiritual answers to fix our problems. So we're reaching for, a, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever we're going to reach mm -hmm. for. Exactly. Whatever it is. And the thing I like about this is, um, is when you look at this situation, you know that God is always with you. And if you pray, the spiritual answers to, I think, from my perspective that you've taught me, is you pray through it. Mm -hmm. And you just have faith that everything's going to be fine. This is a little pothole on the road. It's going to clear up, and then you'll have, you know, the Autobahn in front of you. But but that is really an important miracle right there, just to see the uh, the power of God and his uh, his love for us, you know.
Yeah, I now... Mean, yeah. And you, the thing I like, again, is we talked about the fishing nets, how mm. calm he was. He's sleeping in the boat when this, what, hurricane force winds are oh, all yeah. about. Again, that's how you can follow somebody like that. Exactly. Because of his confidence that he exudes. Yeah, exactly. So and that that's another... Another uh, place to look. And these were professional fishermen. No kidding. They were used to being out. Yeah. This storm was strange. I mean, yes. it was really severe. Right. You know, like the movie The Perfect Storm. Right. But notice, he he's, he told him in the other gospel, yeah. let's go to the other side. So if you rely on his word, it means we're going to get to the other side no matter what we encounter. Yeah. But in his humanity, he's sleeping in the boat. See, we have to remember Jesus is God come in the flesh. He weeps. He gets tired. Yes. He's hungry. Yes. He's sleeping. Yes. In his humanity, right. he's sleeping. But in his deity, yeah. he's calming the storm. Right. The wind is quiet. And it says, and right when he speaks those words, it says immediately there was a great calm. Right. If anyone has ever been on a lake or a sea, you don't, even when the storm subsides, yeah. it's still choppy and rocky. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, what he says, it's done. Like yeah, like so fully God, fully man. Exactly right. This is a perfect example of that. He was even walking on the water yeah, before. Exactly right. So I mean, it, that's that's where you can connect those two. Yeah, fully God, and where people make their mistake is they don't they don't see him as fully yeah. man. You know that he was a man. He suffered. He was mm -hmm. hungry. He was betrayed, but he's fully God. He can raise the dead. He can forgive mm -hmm. sins. He receives worship. So you got to have hold those in a certain tension, a certain right. balance. Yeah. What does he do when he gets off the boat? He goes and sets a man free who was living in a cemetery. Yeah. Right after that. He had the miracle of deliverance here. He heals this guy. Nobody could do anything for him. He lived out in a cemetery. He was right. self-destructive. Yeah. And at the end of it all, uh, he Jesus says, you go tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. You know what it says after that in the Gospel of Mark? He gets back on the boat. He goes back to the other side. Yeah. He went all the way across the lake through a storm to minister to who? The worst possible human being back then. Demon possessed, mm -hmm. living in a cave. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. and that's the love of God. To yeah. go through a storm to minister to one person, commissions him, gets back on a boat and comes back over. You know, John, it's hard because, you know, when I look at the, uh, the apostles who went through, I mean, I wrote down 40 different miracles. Mm in the Bible, just, just in uh, the review for the uh, show today. But then they lost it all. They forgot they witnessed all this when he was crucified. Well, and yeah. when he died, they, they ran like scared chickens, and they hid. Um, but again, they were. it just shows you. It shows you how frail we are yeah, and, yeah. and how we always need to be reminded uh, of who Christ was and what he did for us and the power we have as Christians to, to be under his care. Right. Uh, but, you know, these apostles, and then when he was resurrected, they turned into incredible superhuman type, well, you know, converting people. And regardless if they were going to be crucified themselves, they just they just went forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right. Be before they had doubts, they were human. You know, yeah. these were yeah. now they're in Jerusalem, and their right. their leader, whom they've been with for three years, has just gone through this trials and and and, and torture and yeah. nailed to a cross, and they're thinking, "What is going on here?" <clears throat> yeah. But uh, once he's risen, you see, yeah, his, they've met the risen Savior. That's number one. Number two, they were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. 
Number three, mm-hmm. they saw that the scripture was fulfilled, right. the prophetic scripture. Mm-hmm. And number four, they knew that God gave them a mandate. They were ready to roll. So so those kind of things mm-hmm. factored in. But stay, just one more comment on the yeah. crossing the sea yeah. and this great mm-hmm. storm. To show you fulfillment of prophecy, yeah. uh, it says this in Psalm 107. Um, it says about going uh, down to the sea in ships in verse 23, Psalm 107. Now, remember we just read there in the, about Jesus and the apostles in that boat. It says, those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves and the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. Think of the apostles. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. When they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, Uh he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. And so he guides them to their desired harbor. That's written a thousand years yeah. before the event. It's that. almost letter perfect. Wow. It's almost letter perfect. Yeah. You believe that? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. So this, <laughs> it's either the word of God or it's not. It's, how, uh, how, I mean, <laughs> how do you, how can you get such you high detail yeah. and such a nuanced? Uh, you, you've got over 2,000 years, right, John, and 40 different authors writing a seamless book. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Right. That, exactly that right. follows like it was one author. So of the one author, is up in the heavens. And that's um, why I implore yeah. listeners, maybe you're sitting there today and you feel your faith isn't strong. I mean, any time our faith could be strong or oh, not yeah. as strong as it once was. Or maybe you have no faith. Maybe you think, gee, I never really looked into the Bible. I never mm-hmm. studied scripture. Uh, I would really say to you, look into this. I mean, it's the Bible is not going anywhere. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word endures forever. Mm-hmm. We're in the year 2021. Mm-hmm. It is the best-selling book in the world. Mm-hmm. It is the most translated book in the world to this day. Yeah. There's a reason for this staying power. There's a reason people cling to the Word of God. The more you read it, the more you will read it. The stronger your faith will become, the more you'll be able to share it with others. And you will know it's of God. Yeah. It's just of God. Right. It's not. We're not preaching a denomination and join this yeah. or do that. We're just saying that the word of God is powerful, right? You know, and it's true. It is true, and um, again, I think, you know, it is so unbelievably uh, freeing when you give your problems to the Almighty and you mm-hmm. pray for it. Just like Iman said last week, you know, he was drinking a bottle of whiskey a day and smoking, you know, cocaine, everything he could touch. And he totally did a 360 because of the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ and, you know, following the Lord. It just fills you up. Right. You, even though you're getting hammered in life at times, and we will. Jesus said, you know, uh, you will have uh, trouble in this world. Uh, but that once you come under his care, you, you just can't believe the difference. You're mm-hmm. still going to weather storms, but you weather them so much better. Right. You start to look like him a little bit. A little bit so you know when other people are panicking you're in the same boat yeah you're you're nervous but you also are a little calmer than everybody else mm-hmm. and and that's really what I have seen uh, you know and I think it's just an incredible blessing but you got to be in the word you got to read it you ha- as Iman said and I'm bringing him up because I really enjoyed the show he said 
you can't be lazy. You have to do something every day to uh, see the word, yeah. read it, touch it, be a part of it. That's a good point. Yeah. You got to change your schedule to, to get in the game on it. Well, it's spiritual yeah. food. And a, a lot of us as believers are living on fast food. Right. You know, we just leave, we know a little verse here and a little verse yeah. there. And we're not really mm -hmm. ingesting, you know, the word of God as we should. Uh, because, again, he says we're lazy and we're also distracted people. Mm -hmm. we, we're, we, there's a lot of lights and bells and whistles out there in popular culture yeah. and media and, yeah. that get our attention. You know, a little shiny object over here. But this this is going to last. This is going to stay with us. And, and that's where uh, addictions don't. You know, you're always chasing the next day's bottle of booze or, or whatever it is. And this, this is the biggest high you'll ever have. Yeah, exactly right. And, and that's hard to convey to people that aren't able to see it or invest in some of the work it takes. Exactly. You know, this is a relationship. It's right. like anything else. And, and again, this is yeah. what builds faith. If you right. look at Matthew, another purpose, if you will, of a miracle, if you look at John chapter 10. John uh, chapter 10? Uh -huh, I just want to stress how important what Jesus did, what we call his works, the good um, shepherd, or where um, are we going? Yeah, he just he just will say, um, if you look at verse 37, oh, 37, John chapter 10, yep. verse 37 and 38. Sure. Uh, do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. See but, that? Yeah. He's saying my works. That was the miracles. Right. He said, there they are, right in front of you. If you don't want to believe my words, believe the miracles. Nobody's done this before. Nobody's ever done these kind of mm -hmm. miracles with such repetition and such magnitude. Like I said, you'll see miracles predominantly with Moses and Aaron in the Exodus experience. You see a couple sprinkled through the Old Testament, but they, they peak again in that epic with Elijah and Elisha, right. but not like this. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, John will end his gospel by by saying again in chapter 20 of um, John chapter 20 he says um, in verse 30 and 31 John chapter 20 verse 30 and 31 Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God and that by believing, you may have life in his name. See there? Truly, he yeah. did many other signs or miracles right. in the presence of his disciples. So what we're left with is, is this all fable? Did a group of men come yeah. together and make this up? Or has it happened just right. as they said? Right. And if we'll accept that, you can mm -hmm. believe and you'll have like an assurance within your own mm -hmm. self that not only that, but the word of God opens up to you because you have the Holy Spirit and he's the one that really guides you to understand. Yeah. Before I knew Christ and had the Holy Spirit yeah. in me, I couldn't really get no. the Bible. No, know, I, it, I, it, it was like Swahili to me. I mean, I, I read it and I was like, yeah, what, what are they talking about? Especially the Old Testament. Yeah, you know? it was just right. hard to put it together. Right. So um, those are a couple. I don't know. I know you have a couple more, David, you want to talk about in terms of the miracles. Well, I, I think the big one is obviously the resurrection, right, Resurrection John? is. The, we could do so a whole show on that. We the could do a whole show on that. Um, I don't know if you, you just want to. How much time do we have? No, we got time. <clears throat> so, uh, John 20, 11 through 18. But Mary stayed outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, 
she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which well, means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet descended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary of Magdala went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and what he told her. Yeah. So so that that is the focal point of the Christian faith. As a matter of fact, regarding the resurrection, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel. This is the gospel, okay, which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you are saved. If yeah. you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Now, here it is. Mm-hmm. For I delivered to you, first of all, in other words, of big importance, primary importance, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, mm-hmm. according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, and he was seen by Peter, then by the twelve, and then by 500 brothers at once, of whom the greater part remain to this very present day. Yeah. So he's he's building this case that Christianity is not a philosophy, it's not a handbook mm-hmm. for good morals, no. which is good to have, but it's about the death, the burial, the resurrection. Uh, we serve a risen Savior, and all other religions have what they would call a prophet or a great yeah. teacher, but we have a crucified, risen ascended savior and that's the big big difference yeah and and the other key to this too john i really like what uh, jay warren wallace uh talked about because he was an atheist and then he became a christian and he Mm -hmm. was um a cold case detective and he took this uh jesus's death and resurrection through his gamut of questions and uh, program that he would for a cold case that that was you know sitting on a shelf for 40 years and, you know, he showed how, no, Jesus wasn't just beat up and tired. Mm-hmm. He was dead. Yes. Because when the sword went into his side, not only blood came out, but also water. They recorded that. Mm-hmm. And that is a sign of death. And that was before any modern medicine was around. Yeah. They just recorded what, what they saw. And then to have the women be the first ones to proclaim this, you know, they don't even have a, a say in, in uh, courts. They kept everything the way it was. Right. And so once he realized that, um, he, it, I think that really opened his eyes and the Holy Spirit came in. And then he just said, you know, this is true. He did die. Yeah. And he did rise because over 550 people saw him over the period of 40 days. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of other situations that, you know, were just recorded information. Yeah. And it becomes the central message of their sermon. Right. It's not, again, like I said, about yeah. morality, about mm-hmm. this, about, you know, the golden rule or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's man, 
he died, he rose, we seen him, we met him. He stayed on earth 40 days right. after his resurrection. He mm -hmm. ate with us. You know, he had a he had a real resurrected body. Yeah. And the the reasons where people don't believe just don't hold water. I mean, no. was it all hallucination? Was it made up? Well, well, why would they make it up? It's going to cost them their lives. Yeah, and, and this is truly where people, I think, have a trip hazard. You know, he was God, he was a prophet. Mm -hmm. But when you know he bled like a man, yeah. he died like a man, but he was able to bring himself back to life, which God only has that power. Right. So we see we see the fully man, fully God, truly in this, in this uh, resurrection and death yeah. of Christ. Right. So yeah, I mean it's it's on and on and on. You know the whole from start to finish from his incarnation. You know that the yeah. that God became flesh till his resurrection. You know that the the mm -hmm. grave couldn't hold him, death couldn't keep him. Then later on, of course, in forty days he'll ascend. He'll literally go up in clouds into heaven, and one day he'll return again in clouds of glory. So from start to finish, we see the miraculous. Yeah. You know, hence we're doing yeah. this show about right. this and. Um, yeah, again, it's uh, it's very difficult sometimes uh, to explain this to people unless it they is. really want to get into the Word of God yeah. themselves and to see not only is you going to be authenticate your faith and satisfy your curiosity, but it's really going to build you spiritually to help you navigate through life. You know, life. And the beauty of this is, of course, Paul will say in that that very chapter, first. Yeah, because Jesus rose, we also will ro rise right. from the dead. So one of his things, mm -hmm. he just what's called the first fruit, or you know. Yeah. And then then Paul will go on to say, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty one. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. Um, the dead will be raised incorruptible. In other words, right. our body. Mm -hmm. For the corruptible must put on incorruptibility. So when the corruptible, that's the this flesh of mine, has put on incorrupt, corruption, the mortal has put on immortality. Death is swallowed up in victory. And then he finally says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, because we, we enter into this resurrection, mm -hmm. so to speak, with Jesus, he says, he ends with this, <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the yeah. Lord. So because of the resurrection, mm -hmm. we've got a future hope. Because Eternal of the resurrection, yeah. you know, and this goes way, this hope of the resurrection goes mm -hmm. way back. One of the oldest books written in the Old Testament, we're going to wrap it up in a couple minutes here, but is in Job. It, it, this is an ancient book. It just is you know when they try to date this thing but he has this really interesting encounter with god and and he's t tested sorely uh through this whole thing but if you look at job chapter 19 uh, verse 23 uh, remember this is way back in the old testament mm -hmm. uh, he says something very interesting in verse 23 oh that my words were recorded that they were written on a scroll so he wants these to be remembered. Or look what he says mm -hmm. in verse 24. And they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead. So he wants this on huh, a rock, yeah. like, you know, really right. permanent. This, what I'm going to tell you, he's saying, right. it's that important. I want people to remember this forever. Look what he says in verse 25. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. So this is talking about the second coming. Yeah. His Redeemer means that this one 
bought him, redeemed him, right? Yeah. Then he says, look at verse 26. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. So now he knows he's going to have an incorruptible body. Right. Even though he's decayed, I mean, thousands and thousands of years ago, he knows one day his body is going to be raised incorruptible, just like it said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then he says this in verse 27. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. See that? Yeah. Right there. He's saying... Because yeah. I know this about my Redeemer lives. He's coming back to earth. And though I've been laying in the grave and my body is hmm. decayed and being yeah, consumed, wow. one day I'm going to see him yeah. in an incorruptible body. That's written thousands and thousands of years before Man. the New Testament. But it all points toward the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it all has like serious implications for us today. It sure does. Because you know? he yeah. says, my heart yearns within me. And to us... Death is if, not the you, end. you know, if you have that that uh, feeling, mm -hmm. and as fast as life goes, earthly life, man, it, it's, the, does that get you up in the morning? Yeah, right. Because now, then you know, if you go today, you got that exactly. Right. You know, you got we got that to look forward to as Christians. You know, the eternal life with Christ and our our full flesh and spirit, uh, and the second coming, and uh, man, life, that's Christianity. Offers the best explanation mm -hmm. for life, mm -hmm. for living, for guidance, how to raise our children, right. uh, thoughts to think, right. how we give our money, uh, how the world <clears throat> began, how the world's going to end, uh, what our future's about. It offers the best, and how we're going to die. Right. You know, it offers the best explanation right. for all those blanks, right. you know, question marks. We don't know everything, of course. Yeah. There's still mystery, but it offers all the big answers to the questions of life right you know and it's available for everybody and i think people have left the church or left believing because they had a bad experience growing up or something but i would implore people to like look at this study the gospel of john in particular i mean that's pretty much where we've been studying these miracles the gospel of john but it's all through the gospels who is jesus and how does he relate to me today mm -hmm. he just wasn't a famous person like napoleon or Socrates, mm -hmm. or one of these people, he's he is God come in the flesh, and what he did back then is relevant for us right That's today. Right. You yeah. know, and that, I want people yeah. to realize that. And I didn't know this in my own life till I was age twenty-seven. I mean, I had gone to church; I was raised in church, yeah. you know, in a, a good home. And right, um, but I didn't. A number one, I didn't know the scriptures. I did not know the Bible hardly no, at all. I, and number two, I did not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I didn't either. And I was not indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see, so once I did, then the lights the lights went on. And then I said, okay, now I see. Well, this. The, the only relationship I had is I showed up once a week for uh, for church. Mm -hmm. But I that was it. I mean, then I'd leave, and I didn't think about it till I went back. And it really didn't affect your behavior. No, not at all. I mean, you were the master of your own boat, yeah. so to speak. It didn't right? affect my behavior at all. Not at all? Or your no, speech? Me not neither, at all. You know? yeah. Because once you accept mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, to me, you're almost obsessed. You, yeah. you just think about him, you thank him, right. and you pray to him, and you Every seek day. his will. Yeah. And you just draw closer and closer because it's real, man. It, it is, is real. real you know? But you have to experience it yourself. You know, it's good to see um, what's happening to other people. See, that's the other reason you want to get into a church, too, which you've, which you've always told me, John, is because until you get your own miracles in your life, uh -huh. 
it's good to see others. Exactly. Because people will feed into you that I prayed for this and this is what happened, and some, you'll be stunned at some of the things they're telling you. Yeah, right. And and that builds your faith, and then he'll start to bring a breadcrumbs onto your path. Mm-hmm. If you walk in the Word, and you know you have you try and do the right thing. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. So anyhow, by recap, we said that miracles, a supernatural, uh, beyond natural occurrences happen. Yeah. throughout the scriptures for the purpose main purpose is to glorify God of course but to authenticate his message and validate yeah. his messenger you see it with the prophets mm-hmm. of course you see it with Jesus yeah. we see it with the early church with the apostles right. and I think we're going to continue this in future shows because we just touched on it lightly oh, yeah. we haven't gone to major miracles like the parting of the Red Sea or right. the healing of the blind man or all these other miracles, Jesus will raise three people from the dead, all different levels, mm-hmm. you know, one just about ready to die, one did die, uh, one was being carried in a coffin out, the other one is buried for four days. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at others in the apostles. The early church had uh, miracles going on, you know, really big miracles, but it was to authenticate the message to people, you know, and we're going to see that. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Pray that you all have a great weekend. And if you heard anything today, uh, take it to heart and investigate. That's, like you said, the famous homicide detective, J. Warner Wallace. Wallace, Um, He was just an atheist. He was an L.A., Los Angeles detective, homicide detective. And a policeman friend challenged him to just look where the evidence will take you. And he is a firm believer today and really, really can help you. Uh, just you can go to the app uh, called uh, yeah uh, Cold Case Christianity. It's a right. free app loaded with good information. Yep. The other one I've been recommending people to go to is YouTube called One for Israel. Many many Jewish people. These are doctors, physicists, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are coming to Christ today mm-hmm. because they're looking at the Old Testament. And they're saying this is true. Jesus is the Messiah. So those two I really highly recommend. One for Israel YouTube site and the app cold case christianity so god bless you all thanks david and great being here john have a good weekend everybody god bless